Welcome to the Exit Coach Radio Show, the show for baby boomer business owners who are looking for cutting-edge information as they plan their 3- to 10-year business succession and exit. Every week, we interview top professional advisors for their best tips, strategies, and precautions so you can be well-planned. And don't miss our one-minute Exit Coach Tip of the Day on ExitCoachRadio.com. And now, here's your host, the Exit Coach, Bill Black. This segment of the show is brought to you by the Values Institute and features Kevin Walker of Boardwalk. He's the president of Boardwalk from the Santa Clarita area. And Kevin, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Happy to be here. We've been talking. We're going to talk about uh, how you can think ahead to maximize your brand value to enhance your sale value down the road. And that's going to be a very interesting topic we'll dive into in just a second. But first, Kevin, we always like to give our listeners a sense of who who we're talking with and and, uh, hearing from. So can you tell us a little bit about your background? Sure. My background is a little different from the typical brand strategist. I actually started uh, right after high school. I was working in a gift shop in uh, Washington, D.C., and it was a really dowdy place. And at the time, it was... Oh, the neighborhood was very hip, and I convinced my boss that we needed to change the name of the, of the gift shop, and we needed to like spruce up the front of it and make it a little more uh, fun place to visit. And uh, then I went off to college, and a year later I came back, and I thought I would just stop by and say hello, but they were gone. They were across the street in a larger place, twice as big. So I realized at that point that there's some power in this, and uh, and you know then after college I ended up finally going through publishing and then advertising, and I ended up doing this professionally. Now, Boardwalk is the company that you started. Yes, in 1990. In 1990. And what does Boardwalk do exactly? Well, when we started, we were a graphic design firm, but we pretty much progressed into into branding uh, totally, which what we do is we help companies find their unique brand promise. that's the promise that they can make to their clientele or their customers that their competitions can't can't match. So we we work with them. We do a lot of discovery. We do some research. We do some uh, uh, analysis, and we come up with the, what we call the brand promise. And there's a positioning statement written around that. And then all the all the marketing is based around that positioning statement. It, basically, what we're doing is spotlighting their competitive advantage. So the brand promise sounds like a very interesting concept. We'll we'll talk a little bit more about that. Mm -hmm. And what types of clientele do you work with? Who are your clients? We work in every market niche. We work in financial services, sports, entertainment, consumer products, licensing, uh, technology, healthcare, government. Doesn't matter. (laughs) If if you've got something to to market, then then you can be of help. That's an excellent point. Anything that needs to be marketed, it doesn't have to be a a company. It could be a product. It could be a place. uh, It could be a campaign, it could be uh, an event, anything that needs to be marketed can be- benefit from a, a strong brand strategy. And besides your um, your background and your experiences, um, what is it that, what's your brand promise, I guess I should say? What do you, How do you help your clientele uniquely from, from others out there in the marketplace that do um, this type of work? Well, I think that we focus on my professional motto is a brand is a promise kept. I spent a lot of years figuring out how to describe a brand and I ended up with a dictionary definition, and then I tried to like pare it down, pare it down, to, and I got it down to six words. A brand is a promise kept, and that's we focus everything around that. Okay, so when a when a company is is out there in the marketplace, 
um, they're making certain promises to their consumers that if you work with us or, or buy our product or our service, we're going to do something specific. Uh, how hard is it for most uh, service providers and for other companies to come up with their their initial uh, brand promise? It's almost impossible to do it yourself. Uh, even for a brand specialist, it's almost impossible for me to do it. You see, I had trouble answering your question, what is my brand promise? But uh, the analogy I use is the old Hindu fable of the six blind men and the elephant. And the six blind men each had to like describe the elephant. And the first guy feels the trunk and he says the elephant is a snake. Next guy feels the, the, the tusk and he says it's a spear and a fan and a tree from the leg and the, the, the side of the elephant is a wall. And so all these six uh, guys got, they're partially right, but they're completely wrong. And, uh, and as, a, as a, a company owner, you have to realize that you're just the first of the blind men. Your customers are the, the second blind man, and the, your, your staff is a, the third blind man, and so on. It goes down to the press, regulatory agencies. How are they all looking at this elephant that you call your brand? And our job is to get everybody to see the same elephant. That's a great analogy, and a, not one I had not heard before, and I think it makes a ton of sense. So what you're saying is that the, the owner, the proprietor, the manufacturer, whoever it happens to be, has their perspective, but the trick is in getting that perspective to be held by the consumer and and to do that you have to get outside of yourself to get the perspective absolutely the the as a business owner you are experiencing your company or your brand in a very very unique way nobody's going to experience it the same way that you do so give us a just a, a an overview what to an expert like you what is branding Branding is, uh, going back to the brand promise, branding is figuring out what is the unique promise that you can make to your market that nobody else can match, and then keeping that promise consistently over time. If you do that, you will you will earn brand loyalty. So it's not just the logo. It's not the logo. It's not the name. It's... Um, it's, it's that promise. It's figuring out that unique brand promise. Much more. Okay. So... Uh, how do you start working with people when they're when they say, okay... Kevin, I want to work on my brand. I, I want to create that promise. Um, what's the first step when you start working with people? Well, the first step is uh, a discovery period. Uh, we like to get under the skin of the company. We, we interview the uh, CEO, the uh, C-suite. We uh, interview as many customers as we can. We interview staff. We interview uh, any other constituencies that might be significant to this particular company. And then we do a, a competitive review, too. We look at their competitors and see where what territory have they staked out for themselves and where are they likely to move and what kind of moves might they make in response to what your company is doing uh, and so we do the competitive analysis we do the discovery then we do go through an, an analysis period and then we we write up a, a positioning statement but now the client our clients are very much involved in this it's not like we just go away and then come back and say here's your solution it's, uh, it's you're keeping them in touch along the way and oh how, absolutely. how often are they surprised or disappointed or just i had no idea that was that's was the perception how, how far off are they usually um it can vary it can vary uh nobody is completely off base normally even if they're not thinking about it if maybe if they're uh, thinking oh everything's going swimmingly with my clients and then we find out that well your clients would like something more from you 
they already have an inkling. They just haven't owned up to it. Yeah, so, so. it it's just that they, they recognize it's a wall, but they didn't get that it was an elephant. <laughs> right, exactly. Something okay. like that, yeah. Well, this is fascinating. Great stuff. And we're going to take a quick break, Kevin. When we come back, I, I want to get into some client stories, because that's really where our listeners get a lot of information. So I'll ask you for a couple stories and some tips and ideas uh, for our listeners. We'll be right back after this moment. At ExitCoachRadio.com, we're interviewing over 100 top advisors to get you one-minute tips, ideas, and precautions so you can be well-planned. We upload new content daily at 6 a.m. and 1 p.m. ExitCoachRadio.com. Come listen for a minute. Want to grow the value of your company? Start with the values of your company. To stand out in today's overly commoditized world, your company must stand for something bigger than what you make. That's the work of Values Institute. Our social science model of values-based culture development will help you grow the value of your company by growing trust, your most valuable corporate asset. To learn more about our proprietary process, visit thevaluesinstitute.org and start growing the value of your business today. Welcome back, everyone. Hey, just a reminder that we have interviewed dozens of advisors on a wide variety of topics, and you will find all of their interviews and their highlights online at exacoachradio.com, or you can find us on iTunes. I'm talking with Kevin Walker of Boardwalk, and we're talking about branding. And uh, before the break, we got into a lot of uh, interesting discussion about perceptions of what a brand is and what it really is. It's A brand is a promise, a uh, promise kept. And so let's talk about a couple client stories, Kevin. Can you tell us um, one or two situations that you encountered? You, uh, they said, let's, let's get to work on this, the type of work that you did and what the outcome was. Sure. One that I think your listeners will recognize is uh, Staples Center. Uh, there's a reason it's called Staples Center and not Staples Arena or Staples Garden or anything else. Uh, when... Um, uh, at the time, we were actually hired by the, uh, the Kings, the LA Kings, to come in and talk to them about what this new arena is going to be. We didn't have a name for it at the time. We didn't know who the naming sponsor was going to be. But we just sat down and we talked about, okay, we're going to build this arena, and here's where it's going to be geographically. What is it going to mean to the surrounding areas? Uh, what's it going to mean to the real estate right around here? What's it going to mean to the, the culture of Los Angeles? And so we got into a lot of those kinds of discussions. And we did some uh, interviews also with people who would be considered uh, uh, potential ticket holders for events there. And uh, what we ended up um, coming to was that uh, the, the arena was going to have to play an important central role not just ge geographically because where it's located central to the southern uh, the Los Angeles greater Los Angeles area but central to the society the culture of Los Angeles and so we ended up that whoever whoever is the naming partner it's going to be center <laughs> so, okay so it's going to okay. be Sony Center or it's going to be Staples Center or something and it ended up being Staples Center well that's fascinating so so center became because of the promise that it was going to be the cultural uh, beginning of what's right. now a fantastic center downtown. Right, and they um, their promise actually ended up being, we're bringing nightlife back to Los Angeles, or downtown Los Angeles, and they've lived up to that promise over the last, what is it, 15 years They now. certainly have, yes. And so, I mean, look what's happened to the that, that region of, of Los Angeles. It's just great, you know, so th they've created a great brand by by finding the right promise and sticking to it and keeping that promise. 
Fascinating. What else do you have? You have another story for us? One that might be more uh, relatable. It's uh, it was we started working with a, a software company when there was three software engineers sitting around one of their kitchen tables, um, and uh, they it was a new it was protocol software which was new at the time. Uh, they were d- doing most of their marketing through trade shows, so we went to one of these trade shows and we uh, noticed that everybody was a software engineer. Everybody had the the usual ten. 10-foot square booth. Uh, all their competitors were in the same boat. And we said to them, if you're willing to spend a little extra money, you can't claim to be the, the market leaders, but you can sure look like the market leaders. You know, you can get a 20-foot booth. You can uh, have a nice backdrop. You can... Anyway, we had a, a number of different suggestions for them, and we made them look good. Uh, within five years, they actually were the market leader. And in about 15 years, we worked with them on and off for 15 years. They ended up selling out to Intel for hundreds of millions of dollars. So it's possible, even for you know, like a, a small-scale operation, to do a good job branding. So uh, now, I, I have to hasten to say, it's not just the brand <laughs> that got them all that money. They, of course, they well. had great management and a great business model, and they were very smart people. But I think the story there, or the the lesson is, if you if you think of yourself in the future, think bigger now than I don't want to say fake it till you make it, but uh, let the perception be what you're going to be. Right. Is that, is that part of it? Uh, something like that. It didn't cost them much more money to get a bigger booth, but it got them a lot more traffic uh, because of that. And and uh, and there were some other details about how we put the booth together and uh, and just their their marketing materials, everything. Just lo- They ended up looking like they knew what they were talking about. They did know what they were talking about, but they had to, they had to somehow convey that. So for all of our listeners that are now thinking, okay, I'm charged up. <laughs> I'm going to get a bigger booth at the trade show coming up. Um, when should they be thinking about branding or rebranding their company? Well, they should be think. Well, uh, strong management is thinking about branding every day. Every big decision, they run it through their how does this affect our brand filter. Uh, that's important, but most small businesses don't do that. If They're not even thinking about it on an annual basis. So... If that's you, I think it's time to get serious right now. I, I think that if you're planning an exit, you need to be thinking about your brand three years prior to sale, uh, because it takes time to build up the reputation. Like I said, for for Trillium, it took them five years to go from okay, we're going to fake it till we make it, until they make it. They were the. It took five years for them to become the market leader. Well, and it brings up another common issue is that a lot of companies have been built around the owner. And the yes. owner's promises have been what the brand was built on. Now, if the owner's saying, I'm not going to be here anymore in five years, I'm going to exit my business, then the owner probably needs to start thinking now about how am I going to transition that brand from all about me to all about my people and my company and, and change that up now, right? Yes, and it's complicated, too, by the fact that social media is now changing how we do branding. And, ah. and so mm-hmm. the owner... It's it's getting harder for him to separate himself from his company, so th- there's a lot of work to be done. And it, each company is going to be different, so it's uh, I can't really give you a blanket. Uh, well, let's go deeper into that. So is that because the owner might get involved on the social media posts themselves, or just because uh, more people know on a grassroots basis that it's about the owner? Or, or? There's a lot of information out there. People know who's uh, behind the company. Um, there, I mean, look at even like Apple, a mass, a huge brand like Apple. It was so connected to Steve Jobs. Yeah. Um, but they were, they're master branders. They know what they're doing. I'm not worried about them. But uh, the, I do have a client right now. Um, 
the owner ran the company until the prior owner ran founded the company and ran it until he was 99 and a half years old and now his daughter is taking over the company and she's got a big branding issue to to work with well and a lot of companies that that I work with will say okay we're no longer Bill Jones and company we're going to be BJC or you know they'll they'll start to take themselves out of the name of the company mm -hmm. but that doesn't mean they've taken themselves out of the brand of exactly the company, exactly right? you, big difference you can't just make a name change without a strategy behind it there's got to be uh, something that is plausible and uh, uh, authentic to the customer base it's harder today what you're saying I think is it's harder today to to uh, not fool the public, but to, to it's harder today for the the public figures things out a lot easier today. They do. They so do. if if you say yeah, I changed the name of the company. It's and but they say yeah, but it's still all about you. We mm -hmm. we can see what's going on in there. Mm -hmm. uh, we can see behind the curtain. It's a little little bit more difficult these days for someone to distance themselves. I think so. Uh, um, again, because people know who the CEO is, and they. A lot of, uh, for smaller companies, a lot of the business deals are made personally by the CEO. Right. And so that once that CEO is gone, how does that company live on? How does that brand live on? And again, every company is going to be different. The answer is going to be different for every company. Okay, it's time for a couple tips, ideas, or precautions for our listeners. Um, if uh, if someone were saying, hey, just, just tell me three or four things that I should be working on right now with regards to my branding, just brief tips. What do you have for us? Well, I go back to the brand promise uh, that a brand is not your logo. It's not your name. It's the promise you make and keep to your customer base. And so you need to be thinking about how can I make that promise unique to my organization. Um, uh, the second thing I would be thinking about is uh, a branding, it, a brand needs care and feeding. You need to be thinking about it, if not every day, at least every week or every month. Whenever you make a big decision, you should be asking yourself, how is this going to affect our brand? How is this going to affect the promise that we make to our customers? Is it going to take us off course or is it going to focus us? Um, and if it's going to take you off course, you better think long and hard about it. Um, and then I, I do want to say that it is really worthwhile to brand your company. Uh, one study has shown that up to 68% of the value of the average U.S. company is for the brand alone. So if you're, you can see how much that's going to add to, uh, you know, to, to your, the value of your company. I mean, that's almost 70%. That's huge, and that's something that a lot of our listeners are thinking about is what, what can I do now to build transferability of my company and value and this would certainly be high up on the list. It, I would think so, and I, I don't mean to be self-serving about that, but I think, yes, that's absolutely... Uh, I mean, look at your typical coffee shop and then compare that to Starbucks. And yeah. it's, uh, it's all they have the same machines, the same tables and chairs. It's just uh, what they do with their brand. Okay, we got about 30 seconds. What's the best way for a customer to get in, or a listener, I'm sorry, to get in touch with you, and what do they find when they get there? Well, they could go to my website, which is uh, BoardWalkLA.com. That's BoardWalk like the Monopoly game, LA like the city, .com. Or they, and they can contact me through there, or uh, they can email me directly at Kevin at BoardWalkLA.com. Um, Anything that they'll find when they get there on your website? Uh, yeah, they'll find uh, pretty much... Uh, right front and center, it says a brand is a promise kept. I don't mean to keep hammering that, but uh, but they'll also find a lot about uh, the methodologies that we use. Uh, uh, there's a glossary of branding terms because I know that confuses a lot of people. And um, 
there's just a lot of how-to uh, information there as well as uh, some case studies and uh, the, the, the Trillium case study as well as the Staples Center and some others. Um, so listeners, get on the website today and go visit boardwalkla.com. Get in touch with Kevin Walker. It's been a pleasure. Thanks very much for coming in today. And if you email me, please put Exit Coach in the subject line. That way I'll get right back to you. Thanks very much. It's been very enlightening, and we're going to take a short break, and we'll be right back with our next guest. Thank you for listening to Exit Coach Radio. 